Well, today I want to go ahead and put my cards on the table right up front and, and say this. It's kind of a disclaimer to the message. So anytime the past, pastor issues, don't worry, you don't have to hold your kids' ears or anything like that. Um, the more of a church background you have today, um, the harder it is for you, it, the harder it's going to be for you to hear this message. Because I'm going to go counter to what many of us have been in, told in church all of our life. And so if you have a hard time with the message today, I understand. Um, I had a hard time writing it. But, but at the end of the day, I really, really, really just want to be as honest and transparent as possible when I'm teaching God's word. And so today is, is going to be um, really different for some people, but good different, good different. Uh, let, me, let me start off by saying I've got serious trust issues. Anybody got serious trust issues? Anybody? Okay, about half the room. The other half that didn't raise their hand, they're the, they're the real ones that have trust issues because they're like, why are you asking me to raise my hand? Because somebody's got a camera on me right now, and I'm going to be. That, like all of us, all of us have been burned. Like I was thinking about Miss Rice. Now, Miss Rice was my third grade teacher back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth and everything like that. And I can remember Miss Rice. Um, I went to a private Christian school. And I just came out of the restroom, and I was standing next to my friend Brian Jones, um, and he told me a dirty joke, and I laughed. Now, dirty, when I say dirty joke, it was third grade Christian school dirty joke, okay? So it was probably like had the word poop in it or something. Um, but I laughed, and when I laughed, I had, I had water in my mouth, and so um, it, water flew out my nose. And that had never happened to me before. And, and it, it's happened since, like with Pepsi, and that, that, that crap burns. Um, but anyway, water came. So Miss Rice, and, and she, up until this, she was a cool teacher. But she came over to me, and she was angry. She said, Perry Noble. Perry, she actually said, Perry Benjamin Noble. And when a woman uses your middle name, party's over. Um, and I said, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, did you just spit water in the hall? I said, no, ma'am. So she looked at the, she said, well, what is this? I said, well, I didn't spit. She said, Perry if you will tell me the truth, you will not get in trouble. I said, okay. Brian said something funny. I didn't throw him under the bus because you don't do that because then like, you can get shanked in the bathroom or something like that. So I just, I, I just said, listen, Brian told a dirty joke. I mean, Brian told a funny story, and I thought it was funny, and I laughed, and water came out of my nose. And she said, you are a liar. Go to the principal's office right now. I swear. I got a paddling that day. This is back during the day when they beat kids at school. It was like recreation. I mean, like the principal got bored and he just beat a kid. And, and you can't do that now. But it caused me to have trust issues with teachers. I got trust issues um, with mechanics. Now, if you're a mechanic, I, no disrespect, but I've been burned a couple times by mechanics, right? You go in, you take your car in, and he's like, oh, well, the flux capacitor looks like it's not doing um, the exact right thing, and you're going to need to rev it up to 1.21 gigawatts to get it going. The Back to the future reference, by the way. And, and so I'm like, okay, fix it. How much is it? $4 million. Okay, well, let me just finance that at 25% interest with your place for the rest of my life, right? I have trust issues with mechanics. I have trust issues with different, you know what? Let, let me, I have trust issues with God. Boy, that shut, that shut the room down real quick. I do. I have trust issues with God. I've had trust issues with God my whole life. Like, like my mom, we grew up going to church. Some of you have heard this before, but my mom, if there was a rumor that the church was open, my mom had me there. But, but, and so, so we were always in church, and my mom read her Bible and prayed every day, highly involved in church all the time. And when I was 11 years old, 
she got diagnosed with cancer and died, I had a hard time trusting God. And I had a hard time trusting God's people. Because when people die, sometimes people come up to you and they say stupid stuff. Like, God just needed another angel. What the freak? He's got a bunch of those things flying out all over the place. Why do you, he could have just picked, he could have made another one. Poof, there's an angel. I never will forget the bouquet of flowers next to my mom's casket with a telephone on it that said, Jesus called. No, you can't make this stuff up. So as an 11-year-old, that's when my trust issues with God started. Like, is he really good? And, and this is what people would say. Well, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't doubt. If you just read your Bible more, you wouldn't doubt. If you just prayed more, you wouldn't doubt. If, if, you know what? You just need more Jesus. If you had more Jesus, you wouldn't doubt. And so in church culture, there are people today in churches all over America, and many of them not in churches, but there are people in churches all over America. There are people in this room today or watching online that you have trust issues with God because something happened. Something bad happened in your life. Something bad is happening in your life. And you can't explain it, and it won't go away, but you can't talk about it because if you talk about, I've got trust issues with God in church, well, let me just say it this way. If you, you, if you express doubt, they'll kick you out. If you express doubt, you get told things like, read your Bible more, pray more, you need to have more faith, you need to sing more worship music, you're probably watching too many rated R movies, you're probably doing some bad stuff, there's probably some secret sin in your life. But at the end of the day, every single person in here is going to wake up or you're going to get the phone call or the knock on the door and all hell's going to break loose and you're not going to know what to do. And then when you go to church, you're told, don't question God. Don't, don't, don't question God. But you know what I've discovered about God? First of all, questions don't bother him. He's not like, oh, 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 my me. You'll get that later. I got I to gotta figure that out. I don't know. That's a good, good question. But the thing I think I, I love the most about God, the more I study the scriptures, is this. And I've got one point. I'm going to make it throughout the whole message today. Honesty is greater than hypocrisy. That God would rather you... Just be honest with him. If you've got a problem with him, you know what? He can handle it. Like, like God's not like us. If, if somebody doesn't like his picture on Instagram, he's like, I'll just create another sunset. I'll get your attention, right? God's not bothered by our questions. In fact, if you've got a question or a concern or there's something going on in your life and you want to ask God why, I'm not saying he'll answer. I'm saying it's okay to tell God you're not okay. And I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. Let me set it up this way. In the Bible, Luke tells the story of a, of a man named Zechariah and a woman named Elizabeth. And for whatever reason, and we don't know why, but they could not have children. Um, they, 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 and, and Luke goes on to say, and they were well advanced in years and beyond childbearing years. Now, I don't know how old that was back then. All I know is Luke said they weren't expecting a baby. People their age didn't become parents. They became grandparents, all right? So with that in mind, Zechariah was a priest, and one of his jobs, they would get together with the other priest, and they would cast lots. It's kind of like rolling dice or whatever. And then whoever's lot it fell on, they, they had to go into the Holy of Holies and kind of burn some incense and do some prayers and stuff. And so it just so happened that Zechariah was the guy chosen by lot to go into the Holy of Holies and kind of do some prayer 
And this is where the story gets really interesting. Watch this. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Not stop. If you're having a prayer time and an angel shows up, that's freaking awesome, okay? Now, I've had people tell me, I've seen an angel. No, you haven't, because if you saw an angel, it'd scare you to death. I'll prove it to you. Watch. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Every time an angel appears to somebody in Scripture, they're always freaked out because they're powerful creatures. They're powerful beings. Watch this. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Huh? What prayer? Oh, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you were to call him John. Well, let me ask you a question. If they were grandparents' age, were they still praying for children? Probably not. They had prayed that prayer five years ago, maybe 10, maybe 20 years ago. And I, I just want to encourage somebody, maybe you prayed a prayer 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And just because you've forgotten that prayer, just because you gave up on that prayer, doesn't mean that God's given up on that prayer. Here we've here we got God answering prayers that had been offered 20, maybe even 30 years ago. And I love how God just kind of steps in and settles the, the name argument. You're going to call him John. That way, we're going to name him after my grandpa. No, we're going to name him. No, 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 no. We're going to name him John. They didn't have Google to search cool baby names back then, all right? Watch this. He will be a joy and delight to you. How many of you would love to have an angel show up and tell you that about your newborn? <laughs> They're going to be a joy. Some of y'all are like, I didn't get that, I didn't get that one. Um, I had a demon show up and tell me, take him home. Anyway, um, I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. I told y'all, this service is when the meds wear off. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, which is why he's John the Baptist. Um, <laughs> Y'all, they drink more than anybody. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. They just won't wave at you in the liquor store, all right? And not that I know, I heard from people. <laughs> he will be... Filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. That which is awesome because that kind of calms him down a little bit. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is amazing. Now, how many of you have ever been to... Uh, uh, a gender reveal party where they're going to reveal the gender of the baby. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Those are cool. Um, back when I was born, they didn't, they didn't know what the baby was going to be. It was like you found out when the baby was born. Oh, it's a boy. Oh, it's a girl. I mean, that, that, that's, but now they've got those like 4D images where you can see like the face. It was, it's unbelievable. So I remember going to a gender reveal party one time. They passed out cupcakes. I'd never been to one. I was like, we're going to find out what a baby is. We're going to eat, like, why am I having this cupcake? And I was like, well, we're going to bite into it. If it's a boy, it'll be blue icing. If it's a girl, it'll be pink icing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I looked. And I was looking at the kid. You could, you could see. I was like, oh, it's going to be a boy. But I, I didn't say anything. I cheated. And I've seen all sorts of gender reveals. Like um, the, I saw one on, uh, uh, was it Pinterest? Pinterest, right? I'm not on there a lot because Pinterest is like porn for women. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you're looking at stuff you're never going to have. Um, but, but I saw one.
dear God. Don't, don't send me an email about that. That, that, anyway, they did a pinata and like blue candy fell out or like pink, like all kind of gender reveals. But this, this right here, this is epic. This is epic. This is the angel showing up and telling Zechariah, you're going to have a son and he's going to be awesome. In fact, he's going to have a ministry that is going to be unbelievable. He's, he's going to have rock star status when it comes to ministry. And, and Zechariah and Elizabeth, they go home, they do what they need to do, and they have the baby. And John, we know him in the scripture as John the Baptist, is born. Now, you know growing up, you know, you know that Zechariah probably told John, hey, son, God's got a plan for your life. Well, how do you know, Dad? Well, an angel showed up, told me about you. And maybe, maybe a few times a year, John would come up to Zechariah and say, hey, Dad, tell me that story about the angel again. Like, what did he say I was going to do? So John knew. John knew he was set up. Don't miss this. He was set up for spiritual success. But he had no idea how successful he was going to be. This is what the Bible says. He goes out. He starts his ministry. He's preaching. People are coming from everywhere to see him. I mean, thousands of people crowding around John, listening to his message. And this, to me, is like the pinnacle of success. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That's awesome. When you get to baptize Jesus... Like, that's, like, I've accomplished some cool things in life. Like, I've seen some cool things, right? Like, I won the third grade um, trophy in the McKissick Elementary School Science Fair in the sixth grade. That was awesome. Like, I, that's, like the, that, that's probably the only thing I've ever really won. Um, I've, I've seen some things. I've experienced some things. And I've had some, what I would call, spiritually awesome moments or spiritually awesome seasons. And everybody in this room has maybe where you felt there was a time where you were just super close to God. Maybe you were praying for something, and before you even said amen, the prayer was answered. But I'm going to go ahead and say, baptizing Jesus, none of us had that. In fact, John's baptizing. Jesus comes down, and John says, we shouldn't do this. And Jesus goes, no, do it. John baptizes him, pulls him up, gets to see a dove descend on Jesus, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And then heaven opens up, and he hears a voice saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Now, let me ask just a very simple question. At that moment, did John have a problem knowing or believing in Jesus? Yes or no? No. <laughs> you don't doubt Jesus when you're baptizing him, and then heavens open up, and God speaks from heaven. That right there is what I would call a sign. And then as John continues his ministry, as John continues his ministry, Jesus is walking by one day, and the Bible says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, he, he correctly identified Jesus and said, hey, everybody, that's the Messiah. Because everybody was saying that Jesus was a good teacher. He was a prophet. He was a good person. And, and John goes, no, he's more than that. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. John was so close to Jesus. John had baptized Jesus. 
John didn't have a problem. John wasn't doubting Jesus at all. Until. Until. He hit a wall. You ever hit a wall spiritually? Yeah. We all have. John did. See, his ministry's going really good. But then Luke tells us, chapter 3, but when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Whoa. Whoa. John did everything right. I mean, John, his, he, his birth was announced by an angel. And then he baptized Jesus. And then he identified Jesus. He got a 100 in his theology class. I mean, John had it going on. And then, I, I, wait, wait, how did John get locked up in prison? Well, in today's society, we might have said, well, John just didn't have enough faith. John just needed some more Jesus. Well, wait a minute. He baptized Jesus. How do you get more Jesus than baptizing Jesus? John just needed to read his Bible. Just, John just needed to pray. John, John just needed to listen to some more worship music because bad things don't happen to good people. In fact, that's the reason that many people maybe here today or maybe even watching online have a hard time with Christianity. If God is so good, then why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Now, there's a branch of theology out there um, that they love to give a, a completely stupid answer. And I'm going to say that, and if you're of this branch of theology, I've got no time for you either because it's stupid. And here's the answer that they give. There's no such thing as a bad thing, and there's no such thing as good people because we're all sinners in the sight of God. You are complete idiot if that's what you believe because number one if you say there are no good people you have no friends you you just need a friend you know what i've met some really good people in my life good people good people who've experienced some bad things well there are no bad things well explain the church bombing last weekend in sri lanka i preached the funeral one time of a baby that had lived for two days Tell me that's not a bad thing. Everybody in this room knows what it's like to experience something bad. It either happened to you or to somebody you love very much, and it, it, it causes us to question our faith. But then when we start asking the hard questions, maybe you've been told by a religious leader, you don't question God. You don't ask God questions. You don't say stuff like that. You shut your mouth. You have more faith. You shut up and believe. And that's just not the posture that we're supposed to take. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. John gets put in prison, and he stays there for a while. Watch what happens. John's disciples told him about all these things. Now, all these things were some miracles that Jesus was doing and some incredible teaching that Jesus was doing. So they go back and they tell John, he's doing unbelievable miracles and he's teaching some really good stuff. And so calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? 
That's intense, isn't it? This is John who had the angelic birth announcement. This is John who baptized Jesus, saw the Holy Spirit, heard the voice of God. This is John who said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Question, how do you go from, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world to, are you the one to come? Or should we expect somebody else? What happened? Prison. Bad things cause us to wrestle with faith. John the Baptist, by the way, you don't get any closer to Jesus than baptizing him. If those closest to Jesus had tough questions, then all of us can have questions, and it's okay. It's okay. Go ask Jesus, did I waste my time? Did I waste my effort believing in him? So they go, and that's so Jesus at that very time. Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. This is kind of fascinating. First of all, Jesus didn't answer the question. Jesus hardly ever answered a question in the scriptures. Are you the one to come? John wants to know, are you the one to come? Or should we expect somebody else? So Jesus just kind of tells them, stand at the side, and he starts doing miracles. And literally, people receive their sight. Dead people are raised. And Jesus said, go tell John, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And this is an Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah. So he's quoting this Old Testament prophecy back to John. But there's a section in this Old Testament prophecy that Jesus leaves out. It's, and the prisoners will be set free. In other words, John, I am the Messiah. And you're not getting out of prison. That's, that's tough. I had to learn when I was a kid. And I still wrestle with it sometimes to this day. God is still God, and God is still good, and my mother still died of cancer. Why did this happen? I still, even at 47, I still question sometimes. There are people in this room that have questions. And, and, and I want to show, show you why God's not bothered by your question. Because the Bible says in verse 24, after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. Now, this is where, this, uh, honestly, this is where I'm first reading it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's about to go off on John. He's about to say, oh, oh, thanks, thanks a lot, John. 
thanks. I'll let you baptize me. I'll let you see the Holy Spirit. I'll let you hear the voice of God. I gave you all this success, and you're spending a little time in prison, and all of a sudden you come crying to me about your problems. What's your problem, John? Haven't you forgotten about all the great things I did for you? Don't, don't we get that sometimes? Oh, don't question God. Look at all the great stuff he did for you. But I'm not dismissing the great stuff he did for us. I'm just saying when we're in a moment of uncertainty or pain or fear or doubt, how does God feel about that? How does Jesus feel about that? So Jesus is going to tell us what he thinks about John. Don't miss this. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Jesus calls him a prophet. In other words, Jesus said his ministry is legit. Even though, even though the whole doubt thing, let's not even talk about that. A prophet, yes. Watch this. And I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Don't miss this, verse 28. Look at this, look at this. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Whoa. I tell you, of those, that's pretty much all of us in the room. You were born of a woman. Jesus said, there's no one greater. Now, there's all kind of arguments in sports about who's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Like in basketball, is it Jordan or LeBron? And everybody that loves Jesus knows it's Jordan. <laughs> in, in golf, there's an argument, is it, is it Tiger Woods or is it Jack Nicklaus? And, and Tiger is an incredible athlete, but like technically Nicklaus has won more majors, but then today's game is different, and so there's all kind of arguments there. There's all kind of arguments about the greatest teams of all time. Um, and every once in a while, you'll hear people talk about who, in the, in the Bible, other than Jesus, other than Jesus, okay, who's the greatest person in the Bible? Is it the Apostle Paul, because he wrote most of the New Testament, or is it Peter, because Jesus said, you're a Peter on this rock, I'll build my church, or is it somebody in the Old Testament like David, and you know, because he built this incredible kingdom. Jesus settled the argument. Jesus said, hey, here's what you need to understand. The greatest of all time is John. But here's what I want us to see today. This is what blew my mind. Jesus didn't say that John was the greatest after the angel announced his birth. Jesus didn't say John was the greatest after John had baptized him. Jesus didn't say that John was the greatest after John had said, look, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Jesus said John was the greatest after John said, are you the one that's coming? Or should we expect somebody else? Jesus said, now that's an honest man. That's an honest man. That's somebody that I can trust. It's not somebody that goes, I'm just going to praise God in this storm. And you go home and cry yourself to sleep. Because at the end of the day, honesty is greater than hypocrisy. If you've got a hard time with God, he can handle it. You know, Trust issues go all the way back to my mom, but they come circle back around with my dad as well. My dad lived forever 
and but about the past the last five to ten years of his life he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I don't know if you have a relative that has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's it's awful it's awful and I remember my dad and I having some crazy conversations and I still remember the day when he was staying here in Anderson at NHC and I went and saw him that afternoon and I came back to my car I don't know if you've ever done this. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I put my head on my steering wheel, and I wept uncontrollably. God, how could you? It's, by the way, it's the day he forgot my name. And I was like, God, God, how could you let this happen? Everybody in this room has asked that question. God, why do, why do I have this anxiety? Why do I have this depression? Why, why do I have this problem? Why did he have to die? Why did she have to God, why is this happening to me? And when we have the courage to ask that question, just like Jesus in the scriptures, God goes, now there's somebody I can trust. There's somebody who isn't faking it. There's somebody who doesn't say the right things in front of people and go back and, and question it. This is somebody that goes, I've got some problems. I've got some issues. I've got some concerns. I've got some doubts. God, help me with my unbelief. For some people here today, that's your next step in your walk with Jesus. Just to admit, i got a problem with, with this, whatever this is. He might not answer your question, but I'm telling you, your relationship with him will take a dramatic step forward because he values honesty over hypocrisy. With that in mind, can we stand for prayer? Father, I want to pray for every single person here today, every person watching online. And God, we've just got questions and concerns. God, why the medical report? God, why the death? Why the divorce? Why the betrayal? Why the anxiety? Why, why, God, why is this happening? And Father, I pray that every person that walked in here with a question, God, right now would experience peace in knowing that it's okay to express that question to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you just need to tell God, God, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. Maybe you're here today and you have wrestled with something for weeks, months, maybe even years, but you've never taught anybody about it because you're afraid that somebody would look down on you spiritually. I want you to know that this is a safe place. We have some incredible volunteers in our care room that would love to just pray with you or pray for you. So if you're in this room right now and you're like, I need someone to pray with me about what I'm going through, about what I'm dealing with, I just want you to step out of your row right now and walk out the back doors of this church because we have staff members and volunteers back there that would love to pray with you. You go right now. You, had, you have 
really wrestled with your faith personally. There are people moving, so you feel the freedom to go ahead and do that. If you need to step out and go, this is a safe place where it's okay to ask questions and say, I've got some issues with this. Maybe you're here today and you've never, ever prayed to receive Christ. And maybe the reason you never prayed to receive Christ is you've got too many questions. I've been following Christ for 30 years and I still have questions. Jesus doesn't necessarily answer all our questions, but he will, he will, he does promise us abundant life. So if you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ and you want to accept Christ today, then I want to invite you right where you stand to ask him into your life, right where you stand right now. Just ask him, just, just pray this prayer with me and just say, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over and show me how to live for you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer in this room or online, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to lift your hand up and raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. That's it. I'm not going to make bring you up on stage or anything. I just want to pray for you today before you leave. So if you just prayed the prayer to receive Christ, on three, one, two, three. Amen, 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 amen. Jesus, thank you for every single one of these hands. Thank you for the hands online right now. If you're online, you hit the hand raise button or give us the hand raise emoji on Facebook. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much much for these people that you have saved. Father, I pray that you would speak peace and assurance and abundance into their life. And for the people, God, for those of us in this room that still wrestle with why, God, I pray that we would have the peace that your word promises and knowing that it's okay, even if we don't get an answer to ask you our questions, because you can handle it. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Everybody that agreed said, amen. Hey, hey, before you leave, before you leave, you got to see something today that nobody else will ever get to see. This is the service where we officially, as a church, went over 500 salvations since we started. So we have something to celebrate for everybody that gave your life to Christ today. Congratulations. Hope you have a phenomenal week and come back next week for part two of Why Is This Happening to Me?